Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Beth. And I'm so thankful to be here today, Missy. Uh, Days like this, you know, I kind of want to break out in song like the psalmist did. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Yes, this is a a wonderful day to be sitting at the table and opening the Word. Absolutely. Any day is a good day, but it is bright and beautiful today, and we're thankful for that Mm -hmm. after some kind of rainy weather yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I had to uh, travel to a different part of our county last night, and there's flooding. It took me by surprise, and I just say, okay, well, these floodwaters will recede, and um, the fields will dry, and the crops will grow. But for today, our part is just to accept what this day has brought us. I mean, the psalmist says, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And that's, that's our part. Well, and trying to train ourselves to be thankful in the midst of, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, James chapter one says, verse two, I think it says, consider it joy. (laughs) Consider it all joy when when you you fall into various (laughs) trials and uh, tribulations. I translations put it differently, but it, it, it is, startling when you read those verses and you think wait what mm-hmm. I've got to be joyful in the midst of my fields are flooded and my crops are gone mm-hmm. or I don't know where my rent money is coming for next week or I just lost my job or I've just lost a relationship or you know there there are a lot of hard things in life and in the midst of those we are told to not be anxious to pray without ceasing to consider it joy to have the right attitude. Mm -hmm. And I think you cannot do that without trusting in the one who's telling you to do that. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And I think it's the consistency of prayer that gives us the foundation of being able to rejoice, even when we haven't received what it is that we're hoping for, to be patient when the trials and troubles and tribulations come upon us, because we have the privilege of being constant all day, anytime, anywhere, we can talk to our Father God. Mm. I mean, wow, what a privilege it is to carry everything. Not not just some things, not just the, you know, whatever, everything to God in prayer. And without that lifeline, um, I don't know that it's possible to rejoice and be patient and live a life of joy and peace in this fallen world. That's my perspective on it. I, I was talking to a young woman recently, and she said, sometimes it feels like the more I know about the word, the more that's expected of me. And would it just be easier if I didn't know it? And I said, well, look at the world. Do you think it's easier for them? Truly? Is it easier? Well, she said, you know, there's there's not the the rules and regulations. I said, you mean the guidelines and the boundaries? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. If we're not careful, what happens is, and, may, and maybe this would be reassuring to her, but we're God doesn't tell us to act, to do this without help. Like he's mm-hmm. not saying, go do this and perform. Mm-hmm. No, he's saying, this is how I want you to live. And here's the Holy Spirit and my power within you. I will, I will work it out if you will yield your life to mm-hmm. me. And that's the key part right there. 
if we yield to God and his word and what he says to do. Not that we get it all right. We're not going to. But in the yielding and in the process and in, in, in allowing him to transform our lives, that's where that happens. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're overwhelmed by a list of do's and don'ts, we're, we got the wrong end of the mm-hmm. stick there, really, truly. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and that happens very easily. I see that in that, you know, out of that comes legalism or, mm-hmm. you know, being judgmental or any of those things. Recognizing that we, what God wants most for us to do is to be in his word and in communication and in relationship with him and allow him to work through mm-hmm. us. Because when you try to do it on your own, guess what? You will fail mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. We do not have it in us to do, to even be a good person. You know, we can try and want to be, but we'll see ourselves fail and fail and fail and fail. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes what happens is, you know, the further along you go in, in, in your, on your faith journey, the more you, you see yourself as you truly are, and maybe there's this, oh, kind of an overwhelming, I, I'm not getting it yet, I should get it yet. But you're on the wrong track again, because mm-hmm. when we, how do I want to put this? It's not that we, that our behavior is not important, but it's not our behavior that draws us close to God. It's our heart and our relationship with him. And in being in that relationship, I think that helps us with our behavior. Does mm-hmm. that make any of that make sense? Well, you've used a word that I just love, right? Yield. And um, my little saying is when we verb, he nouns, right? Because yield is one of those dual uh, definition words. Yielding means to submit. It means to um, yield to the right of way, right? To give way to someone else or to another way. Uh, But it also means harvest, the yield. It means the bounty that comes from whatever it is that was that was done. I mean, they talk about the yield in finances and in grain markets and, and, you know, lots of places. But the yield really isn't up to us. The yield, when we are living life in Christ, is God's. I think about Galatians 6, 9, you know, don't grow weary in your well-doing. Mm. Um, for in due season, there will be a harvest. And that's that peace and righteousness that Hebrews 12.11 talks about no discipline's pleasant at first. Well, yielding, the verb, is a discipline, right? Surrendering to whatever, whatever discipline it is that you know is necessary, whether that's uh, physically or financially or uh, time management or, you know, whatever it is, the, the verb is our part. The noun, all his, and it's only possible when we live life, as Jesus told us in John 15, abiding. You know, I am the vine, you're the branches, abide in me. And when we abide in him, that's when the fruit, the harvest, the yield becomes evident in our lives. And that's when we, we can be patient in tribulation. You know, it, it, it's when we can rejoice with expectant hope even though whatever it Mm. is that we're hoping for isn't in our hands isn't in our sight lines yet we can rejoice because we know that the god of the harvest is faithful and that he is he is he is working all of this together for our good when we are in him so and it's knowing him that keeps me constant in prayer it's a constant conversation because there's so much I don't know. And I have to look to him and yield to him and lift my palms up, you know, in that surrendered 
fashion, I guess, fashion, that's not the word I want, but just that, that attitude of surrender saying, God, this is in my hands right now. I'm not quite sure what to do mm. with it. If you want to take it out, I'd, I'd, I'd be really, really grateful. But if it stays there, I know you're going to see me through it. And I'm really grateful. So it's that attitude. That's how we rejoice with just knowing that it's a constant conversation with him that's going to get us through mm. every. And it's his strength, his his patience, his courage, his love, his mm-hmm. mercy, his grace. All those things are his that we offer other people. Mm-hmm. If we offer it in our own strength, then we are going to burn out. We're going to have a limited resource. Exactly. Exactly. And so you you can rejoice in the fact that he never asks you to do something that he is not willing to stand right there mm-hmm. and sort of give you everything you need in order to accomplish mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. it. It still comes down to our choices and our own free will. Uh, which is a gift from him. Um, I've been reading in James recently, and James James really focused on the whole, uh, you know, without, without, you know, you show me your faith without works, it's dead. I'll show you my faith by my works. So there, there's a little bit of controversy there, and you're thinking, well, what about grace? Well, it, it's both. There, there is a portion here where there is both. We are responsible for our own choices and our actions. And there are consequences, mm-hmm. both earthly and heavenly consequences when you think about it. And our faith, it's not enough just to say that we have faith. And that's what James is saying. You know, when you're just talking, mm-hmm. you have to be, mm-hmm. right? You have to be. And out of the being, that comes the doing, that comes the works that James talks about. But, but with if we're not doing that should if we're not producing fruit that should tell us there's there's a problem in if a tree is not producing fruit there's right. a problem in the plant right? right that's what i'm saying right. so you're not being watered you're not connected it's maybe. usually a problem at the root of the plant at the root mm-hmm. of the plant that it's not getting nurture mm-hmm. enough water food soil whatever it is the n- nutrients it needs it's not getting mm-hmm. i think the same is true spiritually mm-hmm. and so uh, james is a great book to read is well, i mean what book in the Bible isn't a great book mm-hmm. to read? But as you think <laughs> about and you look at your life, um, you know, James talks about a harvest too. A harvest of righteousness mm-hmm. is sown in peace by those who make peace. So again, all these things come together when you think about this is what God wants me to do. If you're feeling overwhelmed, to step back and realize he's not asking you to do this by yourself mm-hmm. or even alone. Like he's not asking you to just use your own resources alone. You alone go do this. He's giving you resources within you, the Holy Spirit. He's giving you a body of believers around you mm-hmm. with resources as well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Missy, I, I have to confess when you said James is a great book to read, but what book in the Bible isn't a great book to read? You I, I went, Levit- Leviticus, <laughs> right? I went back to the Old Testament, <laughs> right? I did. I thought of Le- Leviticus. But, well, but I, I didn't say they were easy. easy. <laughs> and I didn't say they were, you know, no discipline is pleasant at first, yeah, Beth. Right? Okay, okay. Well, there you go. But I also thought of Joshua. And I love the book of Joshua. And, you know, Joshua means mighty warrior, right? I mean, that's that's who he was. That's how God created him. But do you know how many times God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Well, why is he saying that? Probably uh, not probably. because Joshua was so strong and courageous and, and had no fear. There was fear there in that mighty warrior, 
that person that God called Joshua to be. And so God reminds him, Mm. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Verse verse, um, 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever. Do you know wherever is? It's everywhere. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. It's everywhere. Um, Never will I leave you or forsake you, God's word says. I think back in Hebrews, uh, let, let me go to that passage. Hebrews 13. It says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Mm. And that's why we do life in this yielded position, trusting him for the yield. That's, that's how we do life in this yielded position, trusting him for the yield. It's a privilege it's also a responsibility, um, but oh my, I can't imagine doing life any other way. Yes, I can, because I tried, Missy, <laughs> uh, probably for the first 30 years of my life. I tried to do it my own way, and uh, I, I don't recommend it, but it was when I finally came back to what my parents had taught me, the foundation that they had laid through the truth of God's word. And I started not just knowing about that truth, but applying it to my life that these past 30 years, they haven't been easy. It's not like everything became perfect because I finally surrendered to the truth of God's word. But I will say they have been fruitful and God has been steadfast. And when I fall to my knees in tears and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. He's there. He is comforting me. He is by my side. So I just, I, yeah, I've tried it both ways. At six, almost 60 years old and half my life, I lived just with the knowledge, eh, knowing about God. And the second half of my life, oh, total surrender to knowing God and applying the truths to my life and uh, boy I wish I had lived the first 30 years the way I lived the second Mm. and so the next 30 years that's my plan to remember what I've learned in the mid 30 right um and uh yeah that that's my plan and I'm sticking with it by the grace of God and by the power of his spirit in me because I can't do it in my own strength well I think one thing that we can all remember is that regardless of what's in the past I mean, God's using that as well. Even those years, Beth, that you look at and think, I, I, I wasn't living the way I should have, and I wish, you know, looking back maybe with some regret that you had done something different. God was at work mm-hmm. and present in your life even then. Mm-hmm. So be so very thankful for that because that's part of your story and part of your journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think it's what makes me relatable because I'm not the only person who uh, lived foolishly, am I? No. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. And we can uh, all relate to the fact that we don't always get it right. Even in this Christian walk, which I've been walking this walk for a long time, and mm-hmm. still I, there are days I just want to go up and beat my head against the wall. And, Missy, what? You know this. You you know this. Mm-hmm. Why are you, you know, why? 
why are you here right now making mm-hmm. this bad decision? Or why did you say that, do that, think that, act that way? You learned this lesson already. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. But it is an ongoing process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We are being transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's part of the journey. The, the thing that you don't want to do is sit down and give up or get stuck Mm -hmm. because if you're sitting down God's gonna sit down beside you but it's a little Mm -hmm. easier for him to help you along the way if you'll if you're at least willing to get up and get get going again you know what I'm saying I I do in Neil Anderson's book The Bondage Breaker he gave um he gives such a great visual I think okay so you know I I read books a lot and sometimes I read them over and over again okay and so I now have three copies of Neil Anderson's book The Bondage Breaker because the first time I read it it was one of the earlier prints and then I did it in a group setting and I needed to update that book and now I'm to the third um, printing of of The Bondage Breakers or my third book of The Bondage Breakers and I've gone back through and compared They've left out the diagram in this third book, but I, I can still find it in, in the chapter. But I'm a visually minded person. All that to say, I'm so thankful that the first time I read The Bondage Breakers, it was shown in a little uh, picture graph, right? To, to give me the visual of what life in Christ looks like. And so I'm going to try to describe it to you. He says, um, we, when we give our lives to Christ... We're, we're in Christ, and our journey, uh, eternity starts now, but our journey on, on this path of life, if we can just envision it, uh, see the cross ahead of me, way ahead of me, like, like m- many, many blocks, miles, years down that path, that cross, that cross is what I'm leaning into. But on this street that I'm walking, the, it's like there are apartment buildings um, lining the street and windows and uh, doorways with, he calls it the gauntlet of evil, with, mm. with Satan's henchmen, right? Leaning out those windows and doorways and trying to distract and defeat mm. me. And Neil Anderson says, just remember, they can't touch you. You are in Christ. But if you take your eyes off of him and look to the the assault with the visual assault the verbal assault that's coming at you from from the way of the world you will get distracted and defeated sometimes we we go towards it and we we get in a i don't know we follow it we follow the evil to where it's taking us and then we get embroiled in it other times we are so um defeated by by those thoughts that are coming at us that we get stuck I mean, we're not even near those apartment buildings, but we're not moving forward because we are just stuck in this place of, oh my, who am I? I'm terrible. Why did I lament? Uh, which can often turn into victimhood. And his point is you got to keep mm. one step at a time moving forward, eyes on Jesus, trusting the work that was done on the cross to see you through this life that you are called to live. You know, Beth, as you're describing this visual, I I have a feeling we've had this conversation in years past, but it's so vivid to me because I I lived that. Mm. I I physically lived that. When we went 
to Nepal mm. uh, years ago uh, uh, in the 90s. Wow, that was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> we went with a group of people, and um, one of the one of the ladies, we kind of split up and did different uh, ministry aspects of it. So we had gone to a church service where um, uh, my husband preached, and it was translated. And so it was my husband, Ned, uh, Sagar, our, our guide, our translator, and then Lori, another lady on the uh, on the team, and I. So there were just the four of us at this small church setting. We went to church, and afterwards, it was so it was a beautiful day. First of all, and plus, we're in Nepal. We're mm-hmm. in Kathmandu, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he was going to get us a car. And we said, "Well, how far is it? Can we walk? You know, well, let's just see the let's just see the city." And he kind of looked at us a little strangely and he said, "Well, yeah, sure." So we started off walking. But we got to exactly the thing that you described. The gauntlet of evil. The gauntlet. <laughs> the gauntlet of, it was really strange. You could begin to feel the oppression as we mm. walked down the street. And we're getting closer and closer to Durbar Square. Now, Durbar Square, you have to understand, has had centuries and centuries. And it was ongoing even that Sunday of sacrifices being made to other gods. Mm. So the spiritual wow. darkness. I mean, you just think about that. It, it's it's you can feel it okay uh you can spiritually discern it and as we walked along uh Lori just reached over uh, ned and cigar were ahead of us and Lori just reached over and grabbed my hand mm. and she began praying out loud mm. and we prayed all the way down that street and it felt like it was almost closing in on us now here's the funny thing my husband took a picture of what and later I, honestly i don't know the woman wasn't in the picture, so you tell me. I don't know. Mm. Was it a demon? Was it something else? I don't know. But it it struck him so much that he took a picture of it, and later she wasn't in the picture. But Lori and I were praying all the way down that street for protection as we walked, but mm-hmm. also for the city of Kathmandu, recognizing mm-hmm. the darkness that was there. And as we walked, and the you know the oppression got worse as we mm-hmm. headed toward into the square, and then we see them, the people there that are offering sacrifices and that are still, you know, there to to idols and to mm-hmm. stone uh, figures and. Oh, so sad. And yet it, it was that vivid. But what got us through that? Praying and focusing on who God was and the fact that he was mm-hmm. with us. So mm-hmm. I totally understand what Neil Anderson is saying and how you can kind of get stuck along that mm-hmm. journey because it can be overwhelming if you forget. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That God is bigger than all of that. And if your focus is on, you know, something else, whether that's, you know, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. you may forget in that moment who God is. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you do become powerless mm-hmm. because you, in order to plug into his power, you have to yield to it, just as you were mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that verb and noun. You mm-hmm. yield and then God brings the yield. But you have to do the submitting and the yielding and the, uh, and the acceptance of allowing him to do the work in you. Mm-hmm. First, absolutely. There's a popular worship song right now, um, "Bigger Than I Thought You Were." I think is the title of it. But one of the lines says, "And I will rest in the Father's hand, leave the rest in the Father's hands." Mm. That's that's where I want to be. I want to yield and just submit to this place that He has me for such a time as this. But I want to allow Him to bring the harvest 
the fruit, to see me through, to give me the strength, to give me the words. Mm. Um, you know, I trust him for every breath that I take. So I think I can trust him for today too, right? And tomorrow and next week. Um, yeah, it's, it's trusting the one who is faithful and true and who has promised to never leave us mm. or forsake us. Yes, absolutely. I guess that's the question of the day. Who are you looking to? Are you looking to yourself? Are you looking to someone else? Are you looking to a leader? Are you looking to the government? Are you looking to... Who's your source? Right. Mm -hmm. Where? Yeah. Who is your source? Where is your source? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's not in God and his word, then you're looking in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. I come back to Psalm 119, 114 so often. You, O Lord, are my refuge and shield. Your word is my source of hope. His word is my source of hope. It's the truth that I stand on. It's the very firm foundation that I choose to live life with. Someone asked me recently, so what do you do with all the, the, the thoughts, the, you know, the conspiracy theories, the, the attitudes of, oh, you know, let go and, um, you know, just live life and all this stuff that's coming at you. What do you do with all that stuff? Because everybody has a pretty good argument for what they believe. And I said, well, all that stuff that I hear, well, first of all, I try to be very uh, aware of the voices I'm allowing into my world, okay? And that's not to say I won't listen to descending agreements. I I do life with people who don't see see things the way I see things. But I don't have to let all the noise and chatter in, okay? But the second part of that is whatever I hear, on either side, any which way, i got to bring it back through the filter of God's Word. How does this align with what the Word of God says? Andy Stanley, um, in, in the book Louder Than Words, the very front cover has a plumb line on it. It's that plumb line of truth. Okay, this is what, this is the point they're arguing. What does the Word of God say? This is the point they're arguing from the other side. What does the Word of God say? As a follower of Christ, I have got to come back to the truth of God's word and allow that to be the plumb line that keeps my foundation firm and my path straight all day, every day. If I'm not in the word, I'm not going to know what that is, right? Exactly. Exactly. We have to be in the word to know what it says. We've got to open the word. We can't just hear it. We can't. I mean, unless you can remember every truth you've ever heard, which maybe some can. I can't. I have to see it with my eyes. I have to write it with my hand. I have to memorize it. I have to remind myself every day. My my brain is like Swiss cheese now. You know, there's holes in it. And reminding yourself, even of the things that you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. You, You can, it's not enough just to know what's in there. Sort of, kind mm-hmm. of, I think. I heard. I heard. Mm-hmm. You have to go back to the source and make sure that you that you remember correctly, number mm-hmm. one. Because think of how, how big the Bible is and how much it has to say and how much one verse can hold. Well, and then take it into context in that one verse. Let's not just look at this one verse that says the way I like it to say. Let's look at the, the yeah, acreage we can, around it. We can twist a lot of things if it's just one line. just mm-hmm. one. It's like somebody, like you having a conversation with someone and someone takes that out of context mm-hmm. and make it make, tries to make it mean something 
that you never said. Right. We do that with God's word all the time mm-hmm. and be, by not being careful, by not taking things in context and understanding the whole of the text and what is actually being said. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that in conversation with people. It's done all the time on it social is. media. I mean, <laughs> it's we, the way of the world. It's the way of the world. We understand that and we understand how wrong that is because mm-hmm. that is that's not the truth. Uh, and people can say and present whatever they want, but unless you know the whole of it, mm-hmm. then you, you've you've lost the entire meaning mm-hmm. of it, and you've not only lost the meaning of what they said, but you've you've lied in essence and deceitfully made it something else. We never want to do that with God's word, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think we do that unknowingly by taking just a verse, like you know, pulling mm-hmm. out a verse and. There's a lot of verses that are familiar. So if you go back to the Word of God and you read through, you think, well, that's not what it's saying at all. So it's critical and important to get into the Word of God and read it, really read it cover to cover. Maybe not at one sitting, I get that. <laughs> but, but okay, so read the whole book or, or mm-hmm. you know, at least get some background behind wh- who the book is written to and what is, what is actually being said and what their culture was like. And, I mean... All of that is so important Mm -hmm. in understanding what the Bible is actually saying. Mm -hmm. And we're not all going to agree, even when we have the Bible open in front of us. That's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We can still love even if we don't agree. Well, and Beth, if you are looking at the Word of God and you're reading it and you are coming up with, okay, this this is what I'm reading, this is what I believe, this is what I believe God is saying to me. If I don't, even if I don't agree with that, I can absolutely appreciate mm-hmm. and be grateful for the fact that you're in the Word of God. And you know what? I don't have to worry about what you're going to get out of the Word of God. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's right. It's not, not my job. Not my job. <laughs> my job is to open the Word. Open the Word together is even better. Talk about the Word. I mean, Deuteronomy 6, um, as you're rising, as you're sitting at the table, as you're walking, as you're, I mean, Talk about the word. Talk about the word. Yeah. Let's talk about the word. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty clear that Deuteronomy says all the time. L- listen to this. Uh, not only shall these words be, verse 6 says, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. Mm-hmm. Then 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down. When you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's seeing, looking, <laughs> reading the Word of God everywhere, mm-hmm. all the time, and filtering everything through that, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that's saying? Yeah. To me, that says immerse yourself, abide, dwell, stay there, uh, wherever you go, wherever you are. Open the Word, abide in the Word trust the word and don't take our word for it right open the word and allow god to speak as only he can thanks for joining us we'll see you next time thanks for listening today be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. 
is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from modern farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.